scratch my deck. Welcome to You Scratch My Deck, I'll Scratch Yours podcast, volume number two. I'm sat here today with Zoe Vivian Parr. Have I said that correctly? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brilliantly, perfect. Dramatically enough. <laughs> but, yeah. I could do with a bit more drama, okay. but... Zoe Vivian Parr! <laughs> yes, yeah, French. Yeah, a little bit more French. Okay, cool. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to do a little bit of an introduction, so... I mean, some people listening will be your fans, friends, and family, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But if you could tell us a little bit about um, sort of who you are, where you're from, what you do, how you got into playing music for a living, and maybe after that we'll talk about some of your favourite moments from that so far. Ooh, yeah. Um, well, my name's Zoe. I'm a bass player. I also play flute and piano, do a bit of singing. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I play bass in rock musicals. Amazing, <laughs> amazing, that's and awesome. Synth pop bands. Yeah, that's <laughs> really fun. Which is fantastic. So how did you how did you sort of start playing bass and getting into that like when Well I, I actually started on flute when I was about about six or seven. Okay. Like that. Um as well as I learned how to read music and all you know, the classical training and things. Yeah. And then when I started high school I joined this big band. I was at the point I was like, oh, I kinda wanna do something else. I'm bored of flute now, I want to do something a bit cooler. Yeah. So I was like, I'll, I'll play bass or I'll play guitar. And anyway, so our bass player for the big band was leaving. And our conductor just handed me a bass before one rehearsal and went, there you go, just give that a go. And I was like, oh, okay, I've never played it before. Yeah. I've never like read bass clef, anything like that. I tuned up, I learned one note and throughout the whole song, I just played this, it was like B flat. Amazing. I just played B flat whenever it came Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. And I was like, then worked it out from there. Well, that's pretty and cool, though. Yeah, it was like thrown in at the deep end. It was really intense. Yeah, but it was it was a great way to learn because then I could sight read. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Whereas before that, I'd always scared me and always been like, oh, it's really hard. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. So you you got into big band through that, and then yeah, so I you... really love like all like um, George Gershwin and Glenn Miller and things like that. It was stuff that I grew right. up playing yeah. when I started bass, and I, I just absolutely loved it. We do gigs every week. We do like the Floral Hall, uh, Guild Hall in Preston. We used to do. Amazing. I just loved it, it was brilliant. We're going to go in with some musical picks from you as well whilst this podcast is going on, so could you choose one of the earliest songs or bands you can ever remember hearing for I us? I will always remember, it was always between two, but the one that really sticks in my mind is because I always remember the music video, Right. is Shania Twain, Man I Feel Like a Woman. Yeah. And I just I remember looking at the, like, the cat suit and thinking, it's oh my god, girls. I want that. <laughs> Excellent. Like being a little tiny kid and going like, man, you want to have a year Like dance around the living room with my mum and things. Like, Positive oh, message as well, right? Like, brilliant. Yeah. I loved it. Man shirt, short skirts. <laughs> exactly. oh, oh. So right, let's get some Shania Twain on and then we'll chat to you a little bit more after that. Good 
So going back into that, talking about um, your first bands, mm. did you form any bands with friends or did you just sort of like... I was, yeah, I, I remember being out, I must have been like 14 or something like that and I, I was asked to join this band called Noxic. Right. Which <laughs> we had like one rehearsal and it was crap. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We just sort of left it at that and yeah. I was like, I'm just going to stick to a big band. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, was that disappointing um, when you did it and you were like, oh, this is going to be amazing. You got there and then it wasn't, <laughs> then it was awful. <laughs> it wasn't quite as amazing um, as you thought. It, no, actually, I, I thought, I, I thought, you know what, yeah, this is really cool to do. And, you know, I'd obviously gigged for a long time anyway from yeah. the big band. So I just loved doing it and I carried on doing it anyway. That's cool. Um, and then obviously I went to college and I joined like function bands. I started doing weddings and, and things like that. And I think we did a Southport flower show for a few years. Yeah. Um, and and yes, yeah, so it just carried on from there. And then I went to uni. Did it at uni. So, so did you study? You studied music at college and, yeah, yeah, and university. Yeah. Did yeah. You, so you studied so music to degree through. level, and you're yeah. and you're fully trained, I guess, <laughs> yeah. in terms of you can read sort of, you can yeah. read music, you can you can write music yeah. and compose music as well. Yeah. So I know a lot of a lot of musicians I talk to, mm. are just like I just play. Yeah, I, I just literally I think, just play. But you you have studied all the yeah. theory, the theory side of it as well. I think with like. Guitarists, it tends to be how they've learned, so they like learn in their bedrooms or yeah. playing along with their favourite songs and things. Whereas I'd already started with my classical training with flute, so I'd already yeah. learned how to read by that point. So you were already quite far advanced when it came to the point of you picking up a guitar. Which well, is... yeah, in terms of like reading music and stuff, it was it was still weird and it took some getting used to, and because yeah. it was a completely different instrument, I'd never picked up a string instrument before. Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, but in, yeah, in terms of learning to read the music in like bass clef and, and playing along, that came a lot easier than I think it would some other people. Amazing. Okay, we've discussed sort of the beginnings of that and, and then if we can get to sort of uh, maybe some pivotal moments in your like career so far, because I'm sure there'll be plenty more to, to follow, <laughs> yeah, but like so. any, any sort of moments where you've, you've sort of turned around and looked out and gone, do you know what, wow, this was really something quite special. I, my biggest one, and. I always, I always like joke. I'm like, I peaked at that point. It's only downhill from there, but probably won't. No, definitely um, not. <laughs> uh, was when I went and played for Fleur East. That was for the at the NTA Awards, 2016, and it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. I remember I was sat in this recording studio that I was volunteering at, and I got an email through because I had an agent at the time. Right. Okay. I got an email through, and it just said, "Do you want to do an audition for Fleur East?" down in London on in like two days time and I was like yeah okay yeah, yeah. and I had to like book time off my stockroom job and I was like yeah that's to get the train down and went and did this audition I turned up my base and everything ready to go and they went right so it's a dance audition today <laughs> you're gonna I was like what the uh, and I've had dance training and stuff anyway so I was sort of so like, luckily yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah like, I'm ready but um yeah, it turned up and it was a dance audition and we had to learn this dance routine and then had to learn it while we were playing our instruments as well. And then all that got videoed and then sent off to Flow and she picked the band and I got picked. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like all these other girls have been from like London and were well ingrained into the scene down there. And yeah, I've been yeah. plucked from Manchester and just dropped in like <laughs> out a, of yeah. nowhere. And I was bit like, of Northern charm yeah. down there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and, like then, um, and then a couple of days later, they went, right, so you've got to come down on the Monday. We learned the dance routine Monday, do it on Tuesday as well, and then Wednesday is the show. So this yeah. all happened over the space of a week. 
Wow. And so it was it was really fast and like all happening all at once. And it was the first sort of big gig that I'd ever really properly done. Right, okay, cool. That was like out on my own as a, a session player. Yeah. Um and uh and I just remember like being on stage and there was like thirty five thousand people in the crowd. Like wow. A massive crowd. It was Yeah, that that's and, probably the biggest is that the biggest crowd you've oh, played yeah, to? By a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was um live on ITV as well at the same time. Oh, amazing. Which was, I just thought, I'm not going to think about that because that's too much. So do you have friends and family watching it? Yeah, <laughs> my mum actually came to the show as well. Oh, incredible, She came yeah. to the show, so she was like up in the arena somewhere. But it was just crazy. I looked out and I could see Peter Kay and I could see Mary Berry and I was like, it's just me and you now, guys. Yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, that is, no, that is a dream gig. That is really a dream <laughs> gig. But it's I think amazing. sometimes, you know, it shows it's even it's more endearing you know when you see someone just literally enjoying themselves yeah. and having a really good time and I know not... I was like I'm trying to be cool but I'm being too smiley so yeah. yeah I think in a way that probably made you more cool yeah. maybe that's why Flurry's picture we're gonna take another song pick from you now what's your flawless song that you wish you could have written this is my favourite song of all time okay for so many reasons right. Waiting for a Star to Fall by Boy Meets Girl yeah, fantastic. I'm sorry, but we start with the sax solo, like really aggressively, and I'm like, oh, this is incredible. Yeah. I remember driving home from work one day, I was in the foulest mood, I was like raging, I was yeah. really angry. And I was sat in the car, I was listening to like Heart FM or something on the radio, yeah. and this came on, and I was in the sax solo, I was like, oh my god, I can feel my mood changing. <laughs> this is incredible and I yeah. just by the end of the song I was like singing along and punching the air and like dancing away in the car I was like this has just changed my whole world it's great how music can do that right I honestly it was like one end of the spectrum to the other I hear sort of point did you realize that you were sort of sliding into this as a, as a job maybe like did, did you did you sort of make a conscious decision like right this is now what I'm gonna do or did you just sort of go I've just played with Fleur East I'm live <laughs> on ITV I guess I'm sort of doing this now or... well I I got an office job in like an A&R job and so I was like oh this is like you know good balance I've got the office job it's very steady it's yeah. monthly wage all the rest but it's still a music job right mm -hmm. I've found something that I'm happy with and I just being sat down all the time at a desk yeah and I was looking out the window and I'd be like God, I've just got too much energy to be mm -hmm. sat down like this all the time I just and it stressed me out and I, I just didn't enjoy the job and so I remember wanting to tell my dad that I was like I just wasn't happy there it's not what I want to do yeah and I was really nervous about telling him and I was like oh my god this is gonna be awful like he's just gonna hate it 
And straight away it was like, no, do what you've got to do. You're young enough for it to go wrong and it to be better yeah. again. So don't worry about it. Just go and, and so it was sort of, again, like another baptism, baptism of fire, really. Yeah. Because I just, I just ended up quitting my job. Yeah. I, I didn't have just... really anything to go into. But I was like, well, if I've made it difficult for myself, it's, I've got to get myself out of it again. Yes. Um, and so I just left. And I remember on my last day, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, yeah. I've literally got nothing now. What am I going to do? And the day after, somehow, luckily, um, I got asked to go on this like UK tour with this like punk artist. I got asked to go on the UK tour with her and then round Europe for like a month and a half, a couple of months after. And I was like, Oh my god! And she was like, yeah. "Are you free for the next like three months?" I'm like, "I'm the freest I've ever been." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Let's do this. Let's yes. make it happen. Please, let's just go. <laughs> that's, I think that's I think that's what they call like a sign from the universe yeah, that you did was. the right thing by yeah. leaving your job. We're going to talk a little bit about like sort of the UK music scene. Is is sort of competition uh, an issue with bands and musicians getting consistent gigs? And do you think our standards for like what we expect from music are higher here than? in other places because yeah. we are sort of blessed with a really good yeah, like massively. selection of bands and, and variation of style yeah. in the UK. I think like in terms of like the competition. Yeah. Um I think there is and it's something that I've noticed like when I've been looking through like the music groups on Facebook and Facebook and things. Yeah yeah. It's something that's been brought up quite a bit is um people undercharging for work. So it's, yeah. it's like yeah. almost trying to drive everybody down to the lowest price. Yeah. Do you think? Um, so do you think when people are undercharging for work, do you think that this is sort of a product of? I I, I always argue that this is a product of uh, an issue with promoters rather than musicians mm. because um, when I first started out DJing, I literally I knew nothing about what I should be getting paid. Yeah. Because I'd never yeah. done it before, so I, I would be like, oh, like oh, thirty quid for an hour. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then. Uh, other DJs would be like, "Don't take that! Like, you should be taking way more than that." Yeah. You're, and then you're putting me out of a job because they can book you for thirty quid, and I would. Yeah, I, th I think, like you said, it's an issue with the promoters. It's, yeah, yeah. it's they just want to go for the cheapest option. It doesn't matter how good you are. Yeah. So, like, me and ten other bassists could be stood in a row, and everyone comes up to us and goes, "Oh, how much are you going to charge for a gig?" And you yeah, go, yeah. Well, one hundred and fifty quid. We all say one hundred and fifty quid. Then they're going to pick who they think is most skilled and yeah, that's yeah. Wrong because they think well I'm going to have to pay that anyway mm -hmm. but if someone came up to me and said how much do you charge I said 150 quid and the next person went oh well, I'll only charge you 100 for that they mm -hmm. might not get someone that's as good but they'll go well we can probably suffer the you know not being as good for a cheaper app yeah so do you think this is like does this affect the quality of, of music here or yeah I think it probably does I would argue the same sort of happens with DJs sometimes although you might have like a wealth of experience and would be better at the job we, yeah. we would only pay you this much money and you just go well that's yeah, not really it's not really worth, worth my yeah. Yeah, yeah your time or whatever yeah. but yeah I guess it does affect the quality and then people sort of go to that venue especially I, I've got a lot of friends that come from Europe or whatever to the UK and I'm like trying I always try and take them to places that like show the yeah. best of yeah, uh, you know our, our sort of music scene to them because every time I go to, like for example Berlin or whatever, mm. I see all this amazing stuff happen. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. This. I think in Europe they just appreciate their music scene a lot more than we do. I think we're a bit spoiled. Why do you think that is? I don't. I think it's probably is because there's just so much going on, and then yeah. you get all the younger kids who, who are like, oh, well, you know, I could probably just watch that on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I'm not really that bothered. I don't, I don't know. I can't really 
can't put my finger on where it stems from, but it's some of that I've noticed when I've been gigging over in France and Germany is you will pack out venues yeah. so easily, like for a band that they've never really heard of. Yeah. Like um, the commitment is, yeah, is it's a lot so higher. Much more. Yeah. They just value it a lot more for some reason and I can't quite figure out why. But like when I go to France with Gabby we do a lot of theatre shows. Right. Um which and it's the kind of places where half the people in the audience will never have heard of us before never have heard any of our music but they get like season tickets okay and well, so then cool. every friday night like all their family and you get like grandmas and kids and babies and all kinds of ages that go to these theater nights just to see what's on hey that's really cool like, that's just a, cool... a family night out and you think god i'd love to have someone like that in where people really invested in it and yeah you know bring all their family down and and they go to the same venue they, there's like a venue yeah. loyalty sort of thing yeah, there yeah it's like their local theater you know it just yeah. it just looks like you know an old theater we're gonna take another song pick from you now what was one of the first songs that you learned to play on bass um i see i was having to think about this i can't think what it probably was like the very very first one it would have been one from big band okay probably. but i remember one of the first ones from my actual bass lessons when i started yeah and that was money by pink floyd oh yeah wow yeah okay. straight in with the irregular time signatures right straight in. well let's get that on now <laughs> let's have a little listen to that touched briefly on sort of like pay grade and stuff mm. for, for musicians in the UK but do you think like you know when you're traveling around from venue to venue we can talk about Europe as well and maybe the rest of the world I don't know how far you've traveled but you you know mm. but do you think in the UK that you're sort of looked after as a musician or do you think it's kind of like musicians are sort of seen as like a bit of a waste of time you should go out and get a real yeah. job and then when you when all of a sudden you become the most successful musician in the world mm. then the UK government go oh we're the UK and we gave birth to David Bowie's and Ed Sheeran's and oh look Little Mix and (laughs) look what we've given to the world and actually at the time when they were like oh we want we just want to become musicians yeah they they were probably like we should probably go out and get a real job to get them to that level yeah yeah like you said once it's once you've become the icon suddenly you're a massive deal and everyone's raving about you yeah how do you get people to that level though yeah you don't do anything to support that so at the the ground level at like little venues and stuff you go to do you feel like what's it like do you you get supported i've done some crap gigs in my time where it's like you turn up and there's nobody there or there's nobody to speak to and then like the sound guy's in a mood and he's kicking off and then yeah you sort of just get left to your own devices yeah and that's it whereas like when you do gigs in germany for example you turn up they've got a buffet on yeah they've got like the little hot pot going in the corner and they'll like make you a whole dinner and like are you okay is there anything we can get you are you fine and i think yeah in europe you are just a lot more looked after 
by the venues. And yeah. I'm not saying it happens everywhere, but I mean at, at my level. I, I, no, I, I agree. I think I think it's yeah. similar at my level as well. I think sometimes, like you were saying, the level of hospitality yeah, elsewhere from the UK can be a yeah, little bit that higher. Is, that is one thing that I pick up on most. I mean, when, when I do my theatre shows, it's slightly different because it's it's not the same as when you're doing originals, live, gig, live yeah. gigs and things like that. Um, but yeah, because you usually get like your own dressing room and it's a bit more chilled a bit more laid back there's more crew as well so yeah you don't have to rush about to like load all your gear up and and all this but um yeah i think sort of the the more low level tours that i've done in the uk haven't been as well looked after as a yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> and it, yeah like i mean like i was saying as well and it's not it's not even necessarily like I, i'm perfectly happy to carry my own gear yeah, and stuff like that yeah, and i'm not wanting anyone yeah. to like wait on me hand and foot yeah. but it's just like the little like the little touches like the the you know like the sort of the love that you've shown over there the food the yeah. asking if you're okay you know just like yeah the, and they're like genuinely interested in you and want yeah, to yeah. speak to you and like it could just be the novelty that you're a band from another country yeah like, yeah I don't know level of kindness I think maybe, yeah, yeah definitely That's especially it. in Germany I love playing in Germany it's it's great seconded from yes, on my on my wonderful. side so. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> another song pick from you now. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a song with one of your favourite bass lines ever. Yeah, actually, you know what? This this one's quite easy. I used to play this one in big band as well, and yeah. it was just it was my favourite one to do in the set as well, and it was Birdland by Weather Report. Okay, great. A little Jack of Astorius number. Yeah. And I just there was just something about it. It was just so much fun to play, and it was well funky, and I love listening to it now. Yeah. And like I'll have it on like when I'm at home doing work and stuff. I'm like do 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 do. Amazing. <laughs> Let's get some weather report on as well. <laughs> going to talk about like the toughest parts of being a musician next mm-hmm. um so this is a good good chance to have a little bit of a moan yeah, about I love a moan. yeah me too <laughs> we're british so we've got to um so what are the, what would you consider to be the sort of toughest parts of being a musician and do you have like a particular method of dealing with these challenges to help sort of keep you grounded in in the harder times the thing that shocked me most especially when I got back off tour and because when I quit my job I went straight into a tour so there wasn't really a break in between yeah um for me to sort of figure everything out and how it worked as a freelancer yeah um and when I got back I just thought oh my god I've got no routine yes I don't don't know what to do with myself like Mm -hmm. suddenly I've got all this time where I'm just at home and when you go to a place of work you've you've a you've got your routine because you get up at a certain time you go to work you have your day and you meet people while you're there as well yes and so when you're a freelancer in the times that you're not gigging i'm on my own a lot like a lot of the time yes so suddenly i've gone from being very sociable and always around people to having no routine and completely on my own yeah and it is a very big thing to get used to and Mm -hmm. to sort of become all right with I was quite lucky because I had my dog. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, which, your, yeah, you've got your mate Which there, has yeah. been like the biggest thing because suddenly the, I'm not just on my own anymore. There's another little thing around me that's moving and growling yeah. at me and making noise. 
But um, I think the loneliness thing is a, is a big issue. That's uh, such I a, that from quite a lot of musicians as well. Yeah, it's such a huge thing. I, I, I work on like festivals and stuff a lot as well as, as like part of the crew mm -hmm. and working as part of that crew, you feel like part of a team. Yeah, yeah. And then you go home and like you were saying, you're just sort of on your own, but through social medias and stuff, you can see all your yeah. friends, they might have gone on to work at another festival. So yeah. you can sort of see all these people that you've spent all this beautiful, like personal sort mm. of time with and had all these great jokes with. And it's almost like being in the office, isn't it? You yeah. know, like yeah. with, and you've got your work, your co-workers around you, but then all of a sudden it's like your office is scattered around the world. Yeah. And then, you know, then you don't see these people like again for another year yeah. or so, exactly, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really interesting and, and the dog, <laughs> dog life. What, what's but your dog? What's Henry. your Henry? He's the cutest little thing in the world. Yeah. He's. Yeah, I'm saying he's like two weeks off saying his first words. <laughs> he will like. <laughs> he'll sit and like if I've not looked at him for a long time, if I've like been practicing or doing something else around the house, he'll just sit and he'll like look at me out the corner of his eyes, and the ears go down. Yeah. And then he starts going. <laughs> and he just starts growling at me and it gets louder and louder and louder until yeah. eventually I go, what do you want? Like, um, all right, I'll follow you. And then he like takes me around to the treat cupboard and he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd like a treat now, please. That'd be really good. <laughs> so Henry Henry helps sort of give you a bit of a routine. Yeah, he that, does, that, yeah, because I have to get up and, and, you know, give him breakfast and then take him for a walk. And even just that little thing yeah. is enough to sort of set me up for the day then. And I think, right, I've got myself into a routine and a steady flow for the day now I can carry on and that's really interesting yeah. actually and I've not actually spoken about pets with any any yeah. other musicians before but that that's a really yeah. great way of and it's of, like in the evenings and stuff he's always there and so it is just like another thing that's in the house with you yeah so it's not completely it doesn't feel like dead space I mean I, I'm I'm pretty terrible because I'll sit at home all day sometimes because I just have stuff to do yeah so I'll be sat working at home all day and my girlfriend would come home at half five, six o'clock. I'd be like, so good to see you, how are you? And I'd just chat to her for <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also sometimes she'll come home and I'll just be in a terrible mood because I've just literally been yeah. sat at home isolated yeah. all day. And and then it we'll just, just yeah. Then we'll have stupid arguments about nothing yeah. because I've I've been in a bad mood because I've been sat on my own all day. Um, <laughs> it's totally it's, I'm so glad you said it because I do it all the time as well. Yeah. I think God, Ben must think I'm a nightmare. Yeah. But <laughs> no, Jess thinks I'm a nightmare too, so yeah. it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Um, so like looking back, um, with all this sort of stuff in, in mind. Is there anything that you would do differently? And if anyone's sort of looking at getting into what you do and you know working in the live music industry, mm. is there sort of any advice that you'd give to them to sort of help them? Because because it is quite a it is a like right like peaks and troughs yeah. sort of game. There it's is like there's a lot yeah there's a lot of like high points and a lot of you know points afterwards where you maybe feel a little bit unsure. So is there sort of advice you could give out to? help people deal with that mm. based on your experiences so um, far? I don't I don't think I'd do anything particularly differently. So I think even the, the really awful times that they've been, yeah. it's all like learning curves. Yeah. And so I would go through that and I think, God that was crap, I'm not doing that again. Or oh my god, I'm not like driving nine, ten hours down the country for a fifty quick gig. I'm not yeah. doing that again. Yeah. And it, it's all just like because there isn't that much guidance from like government and all the rest of it and all these you know career bodies and things there's nothing yeah. about music and there's not yeah there's no advice there so it is all just learning curves and it's um yeah you're just figuring it all out on your own and it yeah. is it is hard yeah big, but, big time um 
you just you just sort of get used to it. Yeah. It's, um, so for so for people getting getting into it, would you sort of suggest that they sort of just do like do as much as they can, but exercise caution, and and if they do yeah. something that they don't enjoy or they feel like doesn't yeah you know doesn't I've, develop them in in any form of way, take it as sort of a take it as an experience and. Yeah, a learning and experience. They, yeah, exactly. That's it. You just, just sort of always, even the worst bits you've got to just draw the positives. Yeah. Of, oh, well, if I hadn't done that crap gig and I hadn't done that awful tour, I wouldn't be doing this now. Yeah. Like those series of events wouldn't have happened to lead me here. Yeah, so, I think that's a good way of looking at things. Yeah, definitely. so it, it sort of helps. Like if you've had a really terrible time, you're like, oh my God, that was so awful. Yeah. Then thinking of it like that sort of helps with it a bit. But I think, um, if, if I'll tell you what, if I had done anything differently, it would be. Or what I do now, at least, is if I was joining a band, yeah, it would be see why the last person left. Okay, like, well, that, that's no, that's great. <laughs> you okay. know what I mean? Like, yeah, or no. just get a bit more background on things that have gone on before. Yes, because I think that is that is a big help, and I think because I've had people do it to me. Right. For other bands and things that I've been in over the past few years and whatever, and they'll go, "Oh, what was this?" And I'd be like, "Well." This was my experience. It probably won't be what you have. It could be totally different. But yeah. This was the experience I had. I think if I'd have known things that I know now, mm-hmm. I would have probably made some different decisions. So do do your research before getting into yeah. sort of a situation and yeah. stuff. I think that can also um, be translated to anyone that wants to work in uh, in live or yeah. anyone that wants to become a DJ or anything you know yeah. do your research on on the venue you're about to work yeah. for the company and you're about to work yourself for short. like if, even if you think oh my god i just want to take any work because i'm just desperate or i want to look busy yeah sometimes it's not worth it like, yeah no absolutely yeah pick, like i think that uh, that's another choosy, yeah that's another it? really you know good I mean? no that's yeah. another really good piece of advice because i think i think sometimes you can get desperate for for cash and do it yeah. and do just an easy gig that actually you don't particularly enjoy but it doesn't really further you it just makes you feel worse by yeah. doing it yeah so i think um and i think that's you also can end up being advice. out of pocket from doing it you know what i mean yeah if, if, oh absolutely yeah all sorts of things like that but yeah so look after yourself and, yeah. and value yourself yeah, is sort of definitely i think that's fantastic advice <laughs> to be honest because um, i don't think enough people do because I've, I've said to other musicians before as well and that when we've been chatting about things like this they'll mm-hmm. say there's like this musician's curse of yeah. you're never really quite good enough or you're not never quite as good as you want to be in your own head yeah yeah and so there's always this like self-doubt and I think that's where a lot of people sell themselves short and like take the crap gigs and, and yeah. be treated badly when they're on tour and things like that and be spoken to horribly yeah because they think oh well, you know I, I sort of you know I need to I should be grateful that I'm here I should be grateful mm-hmm. that I'm doing this because you know I'm probably not at the place that I want to be I think that leads people to sort of become a bit depressed as well. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. I mean, we've, we've spoke a little bit earlier before we recorded mm. about um, people working in offices with managers and stuff like that. Yeah. You, you have like a career, not just a career development, but you also have a reassurance that you're doing mm. a good job. Yeah. If you've got a good manager, your manager would be like, really well done today. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. And we don't really get that. So when you do a really great gig, I mean, maybe the crowd will cheer at the end, but no one comes up to you and says, that was really great. Um, in order for you to carry on doing yeah. this, you must do this. <laughs> so you, you, like you were sort of saying... You, to get to the next level, this yeah. is what you must do. That it's To maintain your confidence yeah. the whole time, it is, it is very draining. Yeah. And yeah. I can completely see where you're Absolutely, coming from with yeah. that. So try and just try and remember how great you are at all times. Yeah. yeah and, and things go wrong in life. 
live shows. It happens all the time. No yeah. one dies. Absolutely. But yeah. well, hopefully, <laughs> well, fing- yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah. Unless the light falls on someone. <laughs> <laughs> which has probably happened. So oh, you know. Yeah, I stand next to those pyros in Vance, which I'm talking yeah. about. That. Just, just, yeah, just be careful of pyros as well. Yeah. Also, very solid Stay away advice. From the pyro. Sorry. Stay yeah. Stay away from the drum pit. Stay away from all that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, what would you be if you were DJing at a house party? What would be your go-to party song if you were DJing at this party? I would go for Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac. Oh yeah, you can't mess with the Mac. You cannot mess with the Mac. It's got the triple hand clap and the third bird. I just, yeah, I love it. The next bit I was going to talk about with you, it's almost sort of been covered a little bit, but um, sort of expectations and reality, mm. do you think that you think that's sort of a problem for a lot of musicians? Like, yeah, and do you ever struggle with where you think you should be and where you currently are? And, and we've oh, pretty yeah. much just yeah. spoken about that. Like, yeah, all the time. Like, I, I struggle with it, definitely. I'm, I'm always saying to Ben, I'm like, God, you know, I should just be doing better than I'm doing now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know where I should be or what I should be doing, but I know it should be better than this. Yeah. And I think, you know, because I've been doing it for quite, nearly two years now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I think maybe I just went in with a very high expectation of in six months I'm going to be flying. I'm going to be, you know, where I want to be and doing these amazing gigs every week. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, not for the want of trying and, like, you'll be searching for gigs and there just won't be anything. Yeah. You know, like, to fill your time between. I feel like that just shows a really high level of ambition. And yeah. I, I think I have that as well, but sometimes I crash and I crash really hard. Yeah. And I put a lot on um, my poor girlfriend, mm. Jess. She, <laughs> like, so, like, on Monday night, I was, you know, pretty pretty bummed out and just yeah. chatting to her. I was like, you know, what What if I'm really unsuccessful in, like, 20 years? <laughs> I just have to work. Wrong. Yeah, what if I just have to work in Wilkinson's or something? Yeah. She was like, I don't, you know, I don't care as long as you're working. Like, most yeah. of it's just... You've got to try hard, but like yeah. having like having that ambition to, to be great is yeah. is also a, a huge pressure on, yeah. on yourself. It, it is also it's almost like going around in circles because you think, oh my god, I've done this amazing gig, I've done this great tour, it's been amazing, and then and you then come back around and you're like, oh no, I'm just sort of sat at home and now it's really quiet. Wait for it shouldn't the next be quiet. One. Why is it quiet? Mm-hmm. Am I doing something wrong? Yeah. What am I doing that isn't right? Why am I sat at home? Yeah. And then you come back round and the tour starts up again. And you're like, oh, this is great. I'm back again. And yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like constantly going around in circles, and it is exhausting. It Do you like... think that if there was a sort of level of support at ground level for musicians on the way up, you know, like like yourself, that yeah. sort of working and 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 focusing on making music a career? Do you think if there was sort of a support network that would make that would make it like a little bit easier? Yeah. Rather than just sort of having to worry constantly about the next gig, like if you had, yeah. 
like cause I always think like I'm sat at home a lot of the time like you, mm. you were saying it was like but if I had somewhere to sort of go I could sort of meet up with people and, and chat to them yeah. and, and it might make me feel a little bit better yeah, but there exactly. just doesn't seem to be anything I like that as well like it's, it's the whole social media things a really big factor because everyone mm-hmm. wants to look like they're the most successful musician yeah and so no one really talks to each other about this oh god you know i'm really struggling actually because all yeah. the gigs have just dried up and i don't really know what to do with myself yeah i don't know where to go from here yeah. what do i do to sort of get myself out of this rot because everyone wants to be oh yeah i'm busy every weekend i'm busy every day i'm, I'm you know doing fine i'm doing great no one really wants to speak about it i think sometimes that contributes to a lack of gigs maybe also because a lot of people that book me will message me being like hey I know you're really busy but and I'm like hold hold on hold on hold on yeah (laughs) like yeah yeah like you know if it's a gig that you know I'd want to do I can I can get cover from regular slots I can you know that that sort of stuff like I do try and book my diary in advance so I've I know that I've got work but at the same time you know yeah, yeah absolutely people I, do message and go every, yeah every now and then I'll, I'll do like a post in the groups and things I'll be like oh I'm available in these months for some work and I will get like inundated with messages of people going yeah. oh my god I didn't realise you were free and, I thought you would be like, so busy yeah. no yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> talk to me <laughs> yeah so I think I think that's also really great advice to all musicians and DJs and promoters and, and yeah. everyone out there uh, I mean maybe not all the time like posting about like how you're feeling and yeah. stuff but like uh, like honesty yeah. amongst amongst musicians is yeah should, and it's, should be it's, more it's letting people know that you are available and you're there yeah yeah because a lot of people i don't think i mean i remember the first time i did and i thought oh, god this is really embarrassing or like i feel really awkward about it no, I've been like there, yeah. saying i'm available in these times because people don't want to say that they're available because then people think well why are they not being booked are they not very good yeah um, yeah are they a pain to work with what what is it and so I always thought, oh God, I don't really want to say that I'm free because yeah. I feel like there's sort of a bad connotation that comes from that. Yeah, like like oh, I'm not I'm not good enough to have been yeah. booked, so yeah. I'm free. But really, it's just really literally it's just a case going, of I'm free. I'm free if anyone wants me, and and things do come from it. Yeah. So it's it's not a bad thing. People just sometimes don't realise that you know you have some time off in yeah. between like all the other things that you're doing, and yeah. Another song pick from you now. Next one would be song that motivates you when you need an extra push. Definitely every time we close our eyes by Go West. Okay. Someone show me a stronger opening riff than we close our eyes by Go West.
tell us a little bit about some of your favourite collaborations in your career so far, either whilst recording, playing live, touring, or just writing, rehearsing. And is there anyone that's had a huge impact on the way that you perform, um, like, to this day? Um, I think really, to be honest, like the, like I've mentioned, um, Gabby, who I play for now, is yeah. probably the favourite band that I've, like, originals band when I, when I talk about it. Um, it's probably the favourite originals band I've played for. Amazing. Like, I just, I love the music that we do. They really get me involved in everything, even though I'm, I wouldn't really call myself a band member because I'm not, I don't invest any money into it. And yeah. it's sort of Gabby and Steven's love child, as it were. Okay. Um, but they get me involved in everything. And I think they treat me the best that I've ever been treated by an original band. They're wonderful. And so I think um, before I joined them, I sort of was getting a bit, not a bit tired of playing, but I hadn't had the best experiences. Yeah. I hadn't met the best people and it was all quite exhausting. I was starting to fall out of love with it a little bit and I was a bit like, this is just a bit crap, isn't it? I'm, this can't be how it is all the time, but I'm getting a bit tired. Yeah. Um, and then I met them and, and it just sort of changed it all back again. I thought, actually, I really love it. This is what touring's meant to be like. It's meant yeah. to be fun and it's meant to be, it's meant to be fun on stage and you're meant to have a laugh with each other and have a joke and, and enjoy yourself. Yeah. And I'd really lost that feeling before then. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I think they were they were a big change. That's that's yeah, that's wonderful to yeah. hear. So they, they they really like re-energized yeah, you a little definitely. bit, and I think I think good performers can do that as well yeah. and really change your sort of career. And and I even really sort of feel that, that way about Ben as well because he's a guitarist and he plays for bands and things. Okay. Um, and we actually met on tour. Amazing. As well, yeah. So that, that's that so worked sweet. Worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, really met, nice. We, we met on tour together. And you know we do little performances and things together, and, and I really love doing that, and that helped me love it again because yeah, I was yeah. doing something with someone that I love. Yeah, absolutely. And this thing that I love doing and playing live, and I get so much enjoyment from. I could share that with him, and he felt yeah. it as well, and it was like this really sort of special. No, absolutely. Thing that we've got. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. Is it difficult to maintain a relationship whilst you're whilst you're both sort of touring? Because I know that you. you tour yeah. at different times and yeah, stuff like we, we tour at different times we've got a little google calendar where we yeah. sync up our dates and because obviously we live long distance as well yeah yeah but i mean we've had that from the beginning we both tour we're both musicians we both know what it's like yeah so i think if i was with someone who who wasn't a musician and didn't understand all that touring life it would be a lot harder because i'm away so much yeah um and I think I would struggle, but because Ben's very understanding and he knows, and he goes through the same thing as well. You both got the same experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be times where he's away and I'm at home, or I'm away and he's or at vice home. Versa. So, yeah. And but the thing is, we fit in loads of time to see each other. If you want it to work, then it will. Yeah, and no, I, I agree. I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think if you want to make time to see each other and to do special things when you're together and make the most of your time together, then you do. Yeah. And and we've managed it really well this whole long distance thing it's, you, it's been all right <laughs> do you think one day you'll both be able to tour like together i hope so yeah for an, well, extended, actually he's, for an extended period i hope so like ben is actually going to be driving because he, he does like fan driving as well for bands and things oh cool um he's going to be driving me and gabby and our band around austria in a couple of weeks oh so that's great so you get the you get a tour and almost kind of like a holiday experience yeah. as well yeah. that's you really sweet austria for a few days but nice. that, that is the hope, like, you know, we love being together and, and enjoying these, like, tours and these gigs and things together, so... Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So touring doesn't... Does it sort of affect your personal life a lot? Like, do you, do you feel like it puts a lot of things on hold when, you, when, like, when you're away from home? Or do you, um, do you just sort of deal with it as, as it sort of I, happens? I think 
the biggest thing I noticed was that you, when you go on tour, you go into a little bit of a bubble. Absolutely, yeah. And, and it becomes sort of a little separate world. But I think the people who you want to stay in contact with and who want to stay in contact with you do. Yeah. I've, no, I've noticed that I don't speak to a lot of my old friends now because yeah. we've just grown apart because I'm always away and busy and touring. I've not had time to see them. Yeah. But then I think, well, there's Doesn't mean nothing you don't... made back anyway. So I think, yeah. well, I might just not bother. It doesn't mean you won't be nice than when you see yeah, them and exactly. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think exactly. I think with me it was more like a case of I, I spent a long time away from home and a lot of time working mm. and a lot of my friends just sort of went, Oh well he's always sort of busy, so we just won't bother anymore. Yeah. Like which I, is yeah, which I is kind of which is also kind of well. sad sometimes because you're like, Well, I know I still absolutely love you guys. Like, yeah. I, you know, don't want to miss birthdays or, you know, Christmas yeah, things exactly. or you know, that Special sort of occasions thing. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I just can't I'm just not out with you every weekend anymore. Yeah, yeah you know. exactly. You're just not around as much as you were and some people don't like that or, or can't handle that as well as others and so you just grow apart I think it happens naturally anyway yeah um when someone moves away or if they're away from home a lot people just you know go on with their separate lives don't they so I think yeah. it does in that way have an effect yeah but I think some more sort of on friendships and stuff like that yeah yeah mine's like mine's the bank actually I get letters from the bank like dear, <laughs> dear Mr May we noticed you haven't checked your account in several days <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, are you be. alive um, <laughs> yes I'm, I'm, I'm alright yeah. just just been away guys yeah oh yeah um, I find that always quite interesting but um, are there sort of things that you do you know when you when you come back from touring I think we spoke about it before mm. you, you like having a dog really helps yeah. you to sort of like yeah, ground definitely. yourself and, and get back into that routine is there anything else that you sort of do to to help wind down so i always find my brain's dead busy after like a festival and stuff yeah. like that like and i just need i have like a, a few sort of days where i like have a have a lie in one day and then yeah. you know have like have a bike ride and, and just sort of just, yeah, just, just sort of adjust back to norm normality yeah. Are there yeah. things that you find that you do always help need like a, a day or a couple of days depending on how long you've been away to sort of go back to reality again yes because like you said it is it's so busy and constant and hectic all the time and there is always noise wherever you go mm -hmm. and usually you haven't been able to sleep in a room on your own for two months or something and i i always found when it when it was a bit like that it, i kind of like my own space sometimes yes and and i sort of value just, just a little bit of time on my own, just to have a bit of quiet and a bit of, you know, resetting your brain almost. Totally. So I always found that I had to do that quite a bit when I was on tour away for quite a bit, is I'd just go off for a little bit or like have a little sit in the van or whatever, yeah. or just, just for a bit of time to myself. Um, and Collect so when your I get, thoughts. Yeah, 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 just like a little brain break <laughs> yeah, yeah. from everything for a bit. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, when you get back, it, you do need like a day to sort of recover. Mm-hmm because your body's so used to, I always find that like I'll be really really tired through the morning and everything and then as soon as it's like 8 o'clock when I'd usually be doing sound check wake up or going on stage I'll be like right I'm awake all night mm -hmm. now this is great yeah because <laughs> your body gets used to being awake and busy and doing things at that time yeah and so then suddenly you're not and you have to get almost like shift your sleeping patterns back absolutely you go it's like almost like going to a different time zone I think also <laughs> uh, I mean not like not talking sort of hugely diet but the times that you get hungry for me yeah i get because i some you know if i'm working late nights and i'm i'm working sort of a few in a row 
I'll tend to sort of eat a bit later on, so yeah. I won't be really hungry at six o'clock, but I'll be starving at like half nine yeah. when, I, when my body's used to eating. Yeah, because it's oh, usually do now. It could be bad for you yeah. if you're at home and then you're going to bed at 12. You yeah. eat at half nine, then you're just, <laughs> just there with loads of, yeah, big belly full of food. At, like, that is one thing that I find helps me get back into the routine of being at home is like cooking proper meals because it's one thing that I miss so much because you just end up eating like service station sandwiches for dinner. Yeah, this or, is true. Or like a pot noodle or just rubbish food and I was just god I am dying for a proper home-cooked meal like somewhat warm yeah <laughs> just like a cold drink and a hot meal that's all I want another song pick from you now that you just love to play live this one is actually um by a girl who I play for now Gabby Young okay and it's from a, her sort of old band when she used to do all the sort of her gypsy jazz songs. right okay but we've recently managed to get this song put back in the set because I really love it and I kept, I went on a little campaign when I joined and I was like please can just we play put this? this song back in it's really good yeah and I finally got my way so I was like yeah amazing uh, and it's called Time by Gabby Young and the Other Animals the time to speak of my mind to offer you my secrets and a slice of my pie but it's never the time no it's never the time so i'll take this opportunity to speak on my lines cause the time the time is almost up the time is almost here Talking, talking touring, um, we've discussed a little bit about your stuff that you've done with mm -hmm. Gabby and um, and Europe and, and everything. Mm. Any horror stories of terrible hotels or sleeping in train stations and alleyways <laughs> that you'd care to share with us? I've got a really good one for this. This okay. is probably my favourite story to tell ever. Okay. Ever. This is like my opener. Um, so it was this. It was one of the first tours that I've been on, and it was in the middle. It was sort of like middle of November, end of November. And we were driving from uh, Wakefield over to Hamburg. Right. 23 hours straight, we were in the van. No break. Oh. We just drove the entire way. And I remember getting there to Hamburg and we were staying in this like squat. And it, our room was up like 12 flights of stairs above the venue. Nice. And I remember thinking, God, I am knackered. I'm so tired. Like, I, I thought, oh, I've just done a long journey. It's fine. Yeah. I'm so tired. I'm, I'm going to have to go for a nap. I worked upstairs. I napped for like three hours before the show started. And I went down and I was like, okay. I did the show. And then the next day, I was like, God, I'm getting really bad flu here. This is awful. Like, I feel really sick. And as the days went on, I was feeling worse and worse and worse. And this, this van, like, the doors didn't close properly. There were, like, cracks in the doors as we're driving down the autobahn. So I was like, I've probably just been sat next to this door and I've got sick. Um... And uh, <laughs> we were driving like maybe eight or nine hours every day after that and I was getting worse and worse and worse. I was feeling awful. And we picked up our friend Geordie who was doing um, videos for us for the tour and he was like, Right. It smells, it smells a bit funny in here. And we were like, oh yeah, it's just the autobahn, mate. Don't worry about it. You get used to that after a while. We've got the doors open on the back. 
don't worry about it. Yeah. And uh, we got to, I think we got to Munich and that was the worst night I was. I was going to wrap myself in blankets to try and sweat out this flu. Wow. Before the show, I saw pictures from it where I just looked like a skeleton. <laughs> like, I've, my eyes are dark, I've got white skin, everything. And uh, I was really ill, horrifically ill. And then we got to Berlin and our drummer had got in the car and she'd gone, this engine doesn't sound like it's taken over properly. Something's not right with this van. I was running. We need to take it to a garage because this, this isn't right. Oh. And so we took it, our driver took it to the garage in Berlin. Uh, and he comes back and he's looking a bit weird. And we're like, what's up? What's, what's up with you? And he's like, I've just been having a word with, with the guy. And uh, he he was like under the under the um, seats between because my seat was f- sitting backwards to the driver. Yeah. So I had my back to him and we were sat back to back. Um, and he was like, yeah. He, he he just sort of pulled me over and said, uh, "How long have you been driving in this van for?" <laughs> and oh no. It, and then he was like, "Well, we drove from Wakefield and then probably about a week." And he was like none of you should be here right now. Oh, wow. None of you should be. And he was like, what do you mean? What are you on about? And he was like, there is a massive hole in the exhaust pipe underneath the driver's seat. Oh, And it had just been pumping car fumes into the back of the van. So that's why you had the... That's why. It was like carbon monoxide poisoning. And I was like, I could have died here. (laughs) Like, what the hell? You literally put your... Life, life, on, life the on the line for touring, <laughs> driving we, around we Europe in a carbon monoxide van. Did not realise. We'd had it checked and everything. All the company had checked over the van yeah. before we went and said it was fine. So we I don't know at what, what point them. it happened. We don't know at what point it happened, but and I thought, God, yeah, because I couldn't stay awake in that van for more than five minutes, and I'd be out like a light. Yeah. I was like, I can sleep in the van. That's not unheard of. No, I yeah, sleep no. Pretty well, but, but this was like, literally like you're even sleeping. Even for me, I was like. I've stuck for a long time today. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And I thought, oh God, thank God that crack was near my head because <laughs> yeah. I've got a bit of fresh air coming in. The broken doors saved my life. Wow. <laughs> so another song picked now. Can you pick a song from one of your favourite lyricists? Well, one, my favourite lyricist is probably Jason Butler from Let Live. Okay. I just, I love that band anyway. They're just... They had so much energy. I, I managed to go see them once and they've split up since then. And I'm like, so you, no! yeah. <laughs> I really hate that. I'll never get to see them again. But they were just amazing. Like, they had so much energy and the songs were always a little bit, they're quite metal, but they've got um, quite a lot of hip hop sort of influences in them. Okay, cool. And I love that crossover. They do it so well. Yeah. Um, I remember the first song I ever heard from them was Banshee. Okay. And. Uh, I, I fell in love with them from that song. Wonderful. And every song off every album they've done is a banger. So, oh, which okay. one have you gone for? You've gone, I've for, gone, for you've gone for Banshee, right? Let's get Banshee on and <laughs> listen to that now. Well, the more fancy 
Do you find that travelling from city to city, and in your case, maybe country to country, affects you? Like, do you do you ever have days where you sort of get to a new place and you're like, I don't literally don't know where I am. Yeah. Yesterday I was here, and today I'm here. And yeah. Does it does it ever? It does spin you out a bit sometimes because th- there's been some days when we've been driving back from somewhere and back home, and we'll go through like five countries in a day. Yeah. Anything. People shouldn't travel this far for this this long, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. go through these many different places. It, yeah. it does sort of freak you out a bit sometimes. And you'll get out of and be like, it could be anywhere. I've absolutely no idea where I am right now. And like, my mum will text me and go, "Whereabouts are you?" I'm like, "Not a clue. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not sure. Somewhere in rural France, or yeah. like somewhere in the middle of Germany." And I think sometimes as well, because if you're touring, you probably just see the inside of a van. You yeah. see. Maybe you'll see sort of out the window as you're driving through places, but then you'll just see the inside of the van, yeah. the inside of the venue, and, and then, then you'll be back in the van, then yeah. inside, of a, you're inside of a hotel, mm. back in the van, driving along, yeah. next Everyone venue. Everyone thinks you see all these beautiful places, and sometimes you do, sometimes you get like, yeah. there early in the day, or you get a day off and you get to go walk about somewhere, but for the most part, you don't really see all that much. Yeah. You yeah. see, surra- yeah, like you said, surrounding the venue, and then that's about it. But I always love the different people that you meet at these venues and things, because obviously they're all the time, they, they know what the kind of people are like, you can sort of get a feel for the place. Yeah. And they're just always so interesting to chat to. And what they're sort of into as well is always quite mm. interesting musically, musically and, and, yeah. and fashion-wise and everything. I always find that yeah. really interesting wherever you Especially go. Especially when you go abroad, because it is such a different music world over there than it is here. Yeah. It's just nice hearing people who are excited about bands coming in. Yeah. And and just having a bit of excitement because like I found when I spoke to some promoters in UK venues, it's just like, oh it's another day, I've just got to turn up. I yeah. I've got to be here. I don't really want to speak to anyone. But over there they're like, you know, asking stories about where you've come from and about, you know, your home life and about what's music like over in England and yeah. just have a bit more enthusiasm about it. Absolutely. Which is nice. It's refreshing. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so pretty much drawing, drawing to a close now and it's been wonderful to chat to you about sort of life yeah. on the road and, and, and everything else <laughs> that's, that's gone along and... with it. It's, it's, been, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having me. Um, no, no, it's been, it's been great. Um, I mean, the last sort of question I've got is sort of how, how do you feel like, um, do you think you'll always sort of want to work within music in, in the live aspect or do you think that I think sort of just enjoying it? As I'm it, enjoying it, it as it is now, and I, I don't think I'd want to do it forever. Okay, yeah. But while I am doing it, I love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I, I think I will get everything out of it that I can, and yeah. then probably move on to something else that I enjoy. Yeah. Oh. I don't know if this is a very good question, really. We could probably <laughs> we could probably ask something. We could probably ask something better. We didn't really talk about um, your experiences as a, as a lady within the industry either. No. Did we? Yeah. We sh- maybe we should discuss that as the final yeah. point. So, but I, I don't want it to be like dead obvious because I don't. Mm. I, th- I feel like that's just like a hot topic yeah. for most podcasts. But it is just something that always gets brought because people yeah. are, are like curious about it. Yeah, I think because it is becoming a more, um, I don't know, publicly discussed matter. So what's the most obvious question you always get asked? What's it like being a girl yeah. playing music? And and do you sort of get not do you get treated differently or, or more like do you get preferential treatment because you're a girl? Oh really? I would yeah. I would have thought it'd been the other way round. I would have thought it would have been like, done. do you, are you treated equally as, well, a, as a yeah, female I mean, performer? It, it does sort of go either way. It's a bit strange because I've always experienced like one extreme to the other. I've been booked for some gigs because I'm a girl and I'm a, I'm a bit of a novelty. Right. That, yeah. That's, that's kind of. Yeah. Ins, it's in, not insult, great. Is that insulting? <laughs> 
feel like it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. that's a bit insulting. <laughs> sometimes it has. I mean, sometimes it's been right for the show and it's made sense for the show. Like if it's been an all-girl band, yeah. Well, of course they're gonna they're gonna want to pick another girl, but yeah. Yeah, there's and then I've had the other end of the spectrum as well, where I've walked into a room for on an audition for something or for a rehearsal, and I've had people roll their eyes at me before I've even set up. Uh, yeah. I've even like put my bass down on the floor because I think, oh, girl bassist, gonna be crap straight away, and you sort of already get that prejudgment before you've even done anything. I'm definitely on that before. That sucks. It's, it's weird. It's it is literally one end of the spectrum to the other I've experienced. Yeah. So tips and advice for ladies within the industry. Go out and kill just, it. Yeah, Prove just, everyone wrong. Yeah. Just go out, smash it. Don't matter what anyone else thinks. Whether they want you because you're a girl or whether they're going to roll their eyes at you. Yeah. If you go out and you smash it and you do a good job, there's no getting around that. No, absolutely. No, no, no one can deny that you've done a good job. Um, so two more, there's two more song picks um, to go. And this one I'm most excited about talking to you about 80s music. Mm-hmm. Favourite 80s jam? Club Tropicana by Wham. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Because when I'm on stage and I'm performing, I'm quite active. Yeah. And I like dance about, throw myself around and things, and climb on stuff and yeah. and all sorts. And I don't think people really like sort of um, expect that from a girl. Okay. I think they just think you know I'm a bass player and I just stand there and I'm sort of jam in the background. Whereas I'm quite out there. Yeah, yeah. When I'm on stage and they go, oh my god, oh my god, you're everywhere, you're all over the place, you're on the yeah, yeah. at one point, and now you're over here. And they just think, oh, yeah, you actually went out there and you rocked it. And I was like, of course I <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, I know I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did. That's what I do. I think one of my, I think one of my favorite pictures of you that you put up on Instagram is like you stood in a speaker stack or something with one arm in the air. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's fantastic that how much you get into it and stuff. But. Yeah, I think well because it's quite a male-dominated instrument anyway, and rock as well is quite male-dominated. Yeah. I think to see powerful women is. Maybe not that heard of. I, I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't really pay that much attention to it because yeah. I just crack on. Yeah, yeah. Which and I that, think is a good yeah. is a good attitude to have. I think definitely being aware of inequalities is is great. But I mean, yeah. I, I ten, intentionally didn't really try and put that yeah. many questions about this in <laughs> yeah. here because I figure we just talk about. Yeah, I think for the most part, we in do, general, you do just have sort of the same experiences as everyone else. But yeah. maybe sometimes I've either been. I don't know, maybe talk down to a bit more than than a lad would, because I, I wouldn't know as much about life sound as, as you know, the, the lad in my band would. Right. You know, I mean, just some things like that, it doesn't happen that often even, because I just treat people how I want to be treated. So if I go in and I'm quite forward, and I'm like, oh, hi, how are you doing? And, yeah, yeah. and open the conversation, usually people are all right with me. I don't really get that much prejudice in that way. Yeah. But there, there have been the odd occasions where, and like, I have had before, sorry if my dad's 
listens to this. I've had like my arms grabbed on stage and people sort of want to touch you where they're not really meant to. Because they That's... see you on stage and they think, I don't know, I don't know what the thought process is, but they see you on stage and they think that's all right to do. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. not, no, no, that's not nah, all right to I, do. I, I remember it happened in Serbia once uh, when I was playing over there and our singer actually stopped the guy and was like, do you mind not doing that? <laughs> like, can you get off her please? <laughs> and I like, had to move to the back of the stage and it can be a bit intimidating, but... Yeah, that must, that must be absolutely awful. Yeah, it's like, it very rarely happens. Yeah. But... I don't. I don't know if that happens. It might happen to men as well. Like if they want to get groped by ladies in the crowd. It could happen for all I know. But I, I don't, yeah, yeah, I think the worst thing that I have is like hen parties that come up yeah. put me in headlock. <laughs> yeah. And oh, can we take a picture of my mate? Like trying to snog you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm, no, like, not no. really. I don't really want you to. But I, I think that's. It's not even really a, a man or woman in the industry thing. It's a I think it's just thing. it's a performer thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's across the board but stuff like that. I do think that having like you were saying, having uh, strong female role models within yeah. the rock rock industry or whatever. Yeah. As well it is a huge thing and you know, yeah, I applaud you for, for being there <laughs> and standing up and be you know, not not like being brave enough to do it, but yeah. you know, just getting out there and getting stuck into yeah. it and showing everyone how easy it is to, yeah, you know, I, I to, honestly, to be yourself and, and do this thing. Yeah, I honestly don't even really think about it like that that much. Like, yeah. I, I don't really dwell on the whole like, oh yeah, I'm being a woman in music and I'm being empowering to other women. I just sort of do what I'm doing. Yeah. And at but, the end of um, like Vampire's Rock shows and Meatloaf shows, and we have to go and meet the fans after and we go and have a chat to everyone. And I've had like young girls come up to who were my age when I started and be like, yeah. oh, I really want to start bass because I've seen you playing in this. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like a bit weird for me, but it's yeah. amazing because I just don't expect that to happen. Because You've literally changed someone's life yeah. by doing what you're and doing and doing what you love. And someone wants to start playing bass because they've seen the show and they want to do that. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Because so many kids, I think, don't bother going to live shows and things because it's mm-hmm. so easy to not. Yeah, and just watch on YouTube. It's so easy to just watch it on YouTube and, and things. And I think, God, I used to love going to live shows. And that's what made me love it, was yeah. going to live gigs and things. Because I thought, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. I'd see them doing it and like the crowd and stuff and the atmosphere and think that's what I want to experience. It's electric, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you can't replicate that anywhere Absolutely else. Absolutely not. Even like the build-up and getting ready to go for the night. You think, oh, come go to this gig on Thursday. I can't wait. Yeah. And I, I loved all that. And that's what made me love music as much as I do. That's and incredible. What made what me want to do it as a career, and so I think. Wonderful, and <laughs> and what a great way to finally sign off after that terrible attempt at asking a question we'd already answered earlier on. Um, thank you so much for being here with us today right. in thank Trough, you. Northern Quarter, Manchester. Yeah, it's in almost a bit sunny now as well. We've the missed lovely, the cloud. We've missed the cloud, yeah. We've missed the rain, so that has been great. We've sheltered. And I wish you all the best in your future endeavours and maybe Thank at some you. point we can chat again. And final song pick for this podcast would be the song that you like to listen to most whilst travelling or driving. I kind of go through a lot of different genres depending on either what gig I'm going to or how I'm feeling. But it's I've really recently been listening to loads of Biffy Clyro. Love, <laughs> I went and yeah, saw them love with Benny Cassim last year and they would just blew everyone off the stage. They were incredible. Yeah. They were so good live. I'm dying to go see them again. Yeah. Uh, but Animal Style by them. I'm on the Biff. Let's do it. I picked it up slow But now it's just a ritual I 
Carnival!